your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and I'm going to be taking you guys on a solo episode for today. Um, unfortunately, not able to get this one out on YouTube. Uh, I tried to hop in the live stream, but there was a conflict with some of the other Locked On hosts uh, from St. Louis. They were using the live stream at the time. So this one's just going to be audio for today, but we should be live on YouTube tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Blues YouTube channel. That way you could join us whenever we are recording live. Uh, but today... Got a couple topics, going to continue to discuss Ryan O'Reilly's absence and what it means for the St. Louis Blues as we were just given the practice lines that the Blues would be running in Ryan O'Reilly's absence and Brandon Saad as well. So I'm going to be reacting to that. Um, I'm going to be talking about Oscar Sundqvist and his potential return to the St. Louis Blues, what that could mean for the team, um, as well as just reacting to the Blues' undefeated start in general. Um, and yeah. Uh, first thing I wanted to talk about, though, um, is a bit of a tougher topic, and I wanted to touch briefly on the recent Chicago Blackhawks report um, regarding the sexual assault scandal in 2010. I'm not going to go into details. I'm not going to you know, give my take because I think it's something that's a little bit more important than, than I should be talking about, but I did want to direct you guys to um, a, a tweet or at least, a, I guess, a, a show um, on Spotify. Uh, this is tweets coming from Rick Westhead, and he said tonight on Sports Center we're joined by John Doe, who, if those of you don't know, John Doe is the um, player on the Blackhawks who was sexual assaulted in 2010. John Doe is obviously a pseudonym, um, and he would like to come forward and he wants to reveal his identity and speak his truth. Um, and I've honestly, my plan was to stay away from this topic. I didn't want to touch it on the podcast just because I think it's one of those things that's bigger than hockey, and I wanted the proper. Um, people to be able to talk about it. But I do think that if he is going to step forward, reveal his identity and talk about it, it's very important for people to go on and listen. So if you have any interest in the the case at all, if you've been following it or not even, um, even if you haven't followed it, if you're just a hockey fan in general, I think it's going to be really, really important. So if you can catch it live, catch it live. If not, I'm probably going to be retweeting um, links to a lot replay of it or clips from it or whatever but i think it's something that's really important um, and really empowering could definitely make a difference in hockey moving forward because i think that there is a big change in the culture that needs to happen and i hope that this can sort of be a stepping stone for that so um i'll retweet that tweet actually right now as i'm recording it so if you guys see it on my timeline um you can check that out but um i just want to get that out of the way first and foremost because i think it's important that people check that uh that interview out, I think it's going to be some good stuff. Um, but moving on from that uh, into shifting into the St. Louis Blues, um, obviously yesterday we found out that Ryan O'Reilly would be missing some significant time due to COVID-19 protocols. He is symptomatic, I believe, which is why he is missing at least 10 days from yesterday. So nine more days as of right now. And that is that is at least a few games. Um, Brandon Saad, obviously missing as well. We don't know the exact timeline, but if Ryan O'Reilly is out for the next nine days, that is one, two, three, four, four or five games without Ryan O'Reilly. 
And obviously the question then becomes, what do the Blues do in his absence? He is their most one of their most important players. He is their captain. Um, overall, just provides a lot of energy for the team. Um, and the first step is wondering what these lines are going to look like. And the practice lines were released today by Jeremy Rutherford. Um, first line, Clem Coston, Braden Shen, David Perron. Second line, Jordan Cairo, Tyler Bozak, Pavel Buchnevich. Third line, Ivan Barbashev, Robert Thomas, and Vladimir Tarasenko. Fourth line, Jake Neighbors, the called up J- Dakota Joshua, and James Neal and Kyle Clifford were taking uh, reps at that 12th forward spot. So yesterday, uh, Tommy and I speculated that every center would sort of just move up one, um, but Baruby said that Thomas's line playing with um, – Barbashev and Tarasenko, he said that that was a little bit too strong for him to break up. So instead we see Tyler Bozak go from the third line, or sorry, the the fourth line to the second line, and we see Dakota Joshua fill in his place on the fourth line. Honestly, I'm fine with that. Um, I do agree that the Thomas-Tarasenko-Barbashev line has been probably the Blues' best forward line over these past few games consistently. Um, They've created a lot of scoring chances. Tarasenko himself has created a lot of scoring chances. Robert Thomas has looked really good. Ivan Barbashev has looked really good as well. So I'm glad that Bruby was able to see that and keep that line together. As far as Bozak on the second line, I'm curious to see how that's going to go because I think he's had a somewhat limited role this season. I think it's been reduced from last year, um, and he's being utilized in a much more um, much more targeted way. Like they're, they're using him a lot on the PK um, and then you know using him in more matchup-based situations. So definitely a big promotion for Tyler Bozak. I think that he has the defensive ability – um, it's sort of just the hockey IQ to play up there, but it's going to be interesting to see if he's sort of lost a step um, speed and agility wise, if he's going to be able to keep up with some of the more skilled forwards um, as well as the skills forwards on his line in Jordan Cairo and Pavel Buchnevich. It's a bit of a different um, experience for them, not playing with um, Braden Shen, but I think uh, Bozak brings a lot as well. He's going to allow them to play a little bit more loose because uh, Tyler Bozak's more of a defensive-minded player than Braden Shen, so they're going to be able to play a little bit more loose. I think we could see similar success with Kairou and Buchnevich that we saw in the past. I think Bozak will be a really good uh, fit for them playmaking-wise, different than Braden Shen, obviously, but I I do think that that line is going to work well. And then the new first line with um, Clem Costin on it, obviously, is super exciting. And then Shen and Perron, I love as well. You hate to see O'Reilly and Perron split up. That chemistry is amazing. But just like how um, Tyler Bozak brings something different than Braden Shen brings to that second line, Braden Shen brings something to that first line differently than Ryan O'Reilly. He brings a little bit more speed, a little bit more um, skill with the puck. So that first line almost gets better offensively uh, with, with Braden Shen on it. Obviously it takes a step back defensively, but teams are going to have to approach the Blues a little bit differently now, a little bit more top-heavy than they have been in the past. But I'm looking forward to seeing how these lines perform and I'm going to talk about them a little bit more. But before I get into that, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get yourself a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. 
Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy. Each bar, you're getting 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKS15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. And when I get back, I'm going to be continuing to talk about these lines without Ryan O'Reilly, and then transitioning into the potential return of Oscar Sundquist. So don't go anywhere. All right, so I've given my thoughts on the third line. I've given my thoughts on the second line. I want to talk a little bit more about the the new look first and fourth lines before we shift into some Oscar Sundquist talk. Now, the fourth line is Jake Neighbors. James Neal slash Kyle Clifford, depending on who's in, who's out that night, and the call-up, Dakota Joshua. Dakota Joshua was a guy that I think a lot of people were surprised to, to see sent down. Um, he obviously worked his way up to some regular season time last season and looked really strong, and he looked really, really strong in preseason and training camp as well. Um, probably the the last forward cut, per se, in terms of who got sent down. So I think it was only a matter of time before he earned his way into the lineup, you know, that, that first, that first opportunity, we knew that it was going to go to Dakota Joshua. Um, a little unfortunate that we're looking at it five games into the season and we're looking at it being with Ryan O'Reilly being the guy that's missing from the lineup, but I'm excited to see what Dakota Joshua can bring apart from him having my favorite last name on the blues, you know, being my first name, that's just already a bonus. I think he brings a lot to this team. Uh, really, really strong two-way player is going to give a hundred percent, uh, whether it's, the first shift of the period or, uh, you know, minute left in the game down by one type of guy that is always going to impact the blues in a positive way. Um, so I can't complain there. Um, he's going to add a lot to this fourth line. I think Jake neighbors, if he's playing with Joshua and, and Neil, um, would be in a good playmaker role. I think Dakota Joshua can create some turnovers. He's a good two way player. Um, and obviously James Neal could be a scorer, sort of a more traditional two-way playmaker sniper line there. But if it's with Kyle Clifford, then Jake Neighbors could be, honestly be asked to be the primary scorer of that line. Um, not not to say that the fourth line is going to get a whole ton of scoring opportunities, but it would be pretty exciting to see Jake Neighbors as the primary focus of a line. Like when that fourth line does get some offensive zone time, seeing you know Kyle Clifford and Dakota Joshua battle in the corner for pucks. Um, and you know Jake Neighbors be the be the primary scoring option would be uh, exciting for him and great for his development. Um, and then looking at that first line, uh, Clem Costin playing with Braden Shen and David Perron. I, I love what Clem Costin has done for this team so far. I think he's looked really really strong um, in both ends of the ice. He's been laying the body down, laying some huge hits down, um, just like we expected, and scoring some goals as well. Um, Braden Shen obviously has has his history with the St. Louis Blues. A little bit of a slow start to the season, but um, moving up to the first line, definitely some opportunity for him. And then David Perron, you know, don't need to say too much about him. You know what you're getting with David Perron, a solid, solid, consistent player, has been one of the Blues' best offensive players every season he's been here recently. Uh, last season, career year for him, and it's looking like this season is going to be no different as he continues to get out to his hot start. Um but I'm excited to see what that first line can do. Again, sort of a different look, not the defensive juggernaut that was being anchored by Ryan O'Reilly, but a bit more of an offensive-focused line with Clem Costin being that two-way guy now, Clem Costin being the guy that's going to bang bodies and 
create turnovers, um, as well as David Perron and Braden Shen. Um, but again, it's different than having Ryan O'Reilly in the middle. You can cheat a little bit if you're on the wing when O'Reilly's your center. Not necessarily the case now, uh, but it's going to play a little bit differently um, than when Ryan O'Reilly's there. It's going to be probably a little bit more of a speed skill based first line uh, with Shen, you know, how he likes to fly up and down the ice. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I think Clem Costin's going to thrive with that as well. I think he, he's a big body. He's good at receiving passes. So if Braden Shen creates opportunities um, with his speed and his puck skills, it could lead to Clem Costin, you know, being in position to score those one-timers like he scored in his, his debut, just quick snapshots. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Defense looks the same. Scandella, Pareko, Krug, Falk, Wallman, Bortuzzo. So overall, what I'm looking at um, – in tomorrow night's game against the Colorado Avalanche, I, I'm curious to see how these forward lines gel without Ryan O'Reilly. Um, I'm also looking to see how each respective player responds to their promotion, whether it's Tyler Bozak up on the second line or Braden Shen up on the first line or Dakota Joshua up in the NHL. I think those are three players you know, at the center position, one of the most important positions on the hockey team, three players that are going to be leaned on pretty heavily against the Colorado Avalanche, especially with no Ryan O'Reilly to defend Nathan McKinnon. It's going to be more of a group effort. There's not going to be one definitive matchup every time. I'm sure Bruby would probably go with Bozak if he had the matchup, but each of the four centers is probably going to see their fair share of time against Nathan McKinnon tomorrow night. So it's going to be a huge test for them. They don't just have blues. Don't just have the Ryan O'Reilly. They can put out there anytime McKinnon's on the ice. It's going to be more of a, more of a group effort. And I think the blues are going to respond well to that challenge because defensively, as I've been saying for weeks now is it's, it's their one Achilles heel of the season so far and playing the Colorado avalanche without Ryan O'Reilly, without Brandon Saad, two of your best two way forwards, it's going to be a, a big test for them um, in all facets of the game, not just the centers, but the defensemen as well. So I'm excited about that. Speaking of defensive centers, however, I want to talk about Oscar Sundqvist because throughout all the, the chaos of this regular season and players scoring goals left and right and rookies earning playing spots, it's pretty easy to forget the Blues have an ace in the hole in Oscar Sundqvist just waiting just itching to get back in the lineup for the St. Louis Blues. He was taking some contract contact drills at practice today. He looks really strong. Um, one of the most valuable pieces of this team when he is healthy. I'm betting he has a big season, but I'm going to get into that soon. If you want to bet on Oscar Sundquist having a big season or anything of this sort, you got to check out betonline.ag because we are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball and hockey season, plus more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus along with your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football baseball postseason nhl boxing ufc to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And when I return, I'm going to be getting into the potential return of Oscar Sundqvist a couple games down the road and what that could mean for the St. Louis Blues. All right, so... We saw some clips of the big smile of Oscar Sungfist today at practice. Sunny, sunny setup, whatever you want to call him. 
a really important player for the St. Louis Blues, has had some tough luck with injuries. I believe it was a torn ACL that shelved him for the entire season last year, and he was having a really strong season before he went down. So it was unfortunate for the St. Louis Blues, but it's looking like his return could be sooner rather than later. He is on long-term injured reserve at the moment, so the cap implications are a topic for another episode. Um, but it does look like Oscar Sundquist could be returning uh, at some point in the near future with him practicing at full speed, getting slowly but surely back into the contact drills. Um, and I think he's going to be a really, really valuable piece for this St. Louis Blues team. I think, honestly, that he could be uh, an underrated um, dark horse candidate to really push the Blues to the next level this season. If it's not with a defenseman, I think it could be with Oscar Sundquist because what's the, the one thing that we've been talking about that the Blues have been struggling with is their defense. And obviously, Oscar Sundquist isn't a defenseman, but he is a dang good defensive forward. When Oscar Sundquist plays, especially on the penalty kill, teams have a nightmare of a time getting passes through, winning puck battles, whatever it may be. Oscar Sundquist is a hound on the puck defensively. Um, penalty kill has looked decent so far this season, but when he comes back, the Blues have one of the best penalty kills in the league when he's on the ice. Uh, and they have one of the best defenses in the league when his forward line is on the ice as well. So maybe Oscar Sundquist comes back, that defense gets a little bit better, the defensemen have a little bit more trust in the forwards to play the puck, and, and the defense starts playing better as well. I think Oscar Sundquist's return could have a significant domino effect for this team. Um, the only question is, what spot in the lineup does he fill in? Uh, if, you're, if you're looking at O'Reilly at first-line center, Shen at second line center, Thomas at third line center, Bozak at fourth line center. What do you do? Do you move Shen over the wing, maybe, and take a guy like James Neal out of the lineup? Is it going to be a guy like Jake Neighbors coming out of the lineup when his nine games are up? Is it going to be a guy like Clem Cawson coming out of the lineup? Who knows what what might happen when Oscar Sundqvist comes back? Um, and this is one of those those problems of of the Blues having almost a little bit too much depth. Is at some point Oscar Sundqvist is going to come back, and if this team is fully healthy, you know, knock on wood, we're going to have to see a forward that's been playing really well get get bumped out of the lineup because at this moment in time, pretty much every forward in the Blues lineup is playing really well. So it's not like Oscar Sundqvist is going to come back and be on the bench. So at this moment in time, there's going to be a forward coming out of the lineup that honestly might not deserve it unless the injuries and COVID absences continue to hamper the Blues, which honestly, knowing the Blues luck, they probably will. Uh, then his lineup spot will be sort of penciled in with whoever's been called up. But if the Blues are fully healthy, they got probably about one or two too many forwards. Uh, you know, they probably got 14 forwards that deserve to play in the top 12. So when Sunkfist comes back, it's definitely going to be a bit of a log jam, especially financially. Their Blues are going to have to clear up some salary. Um so it's going to be interesting to see how they manage to pull that one off because, again, I really don't think there's a single forward on this roster You know, when this team is fully healthy that, that deserves to lose their spot to Oscar Sundqvist. But the fact of the matter is, Oscar Sundqvist is one of this team's better players on the, in the forward um, department, so he will get a spot in the lineup when he comes back, regardless of who comes out, regardless of what it is. He has a spot earned in this lineup, so... Whenever that may be, uh, we're going to have it covered for you here on the Locked On Blues podcast, but I think that's all the time I have for today. So thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Sorry it couldn't be on YouTube. I missed all you guys. I missed the chat. 
Uh, it was lonely here recording without the chat, but should be back on YouTube tomorrow. So make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube at Locked On Blues. Hit that notification bell. That way, whenever we go live, you can join us. Type your messages in chat, all that fun stuff. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at Locked On Blues. That way, whenever we post an episode or a meme or whatever, you can see that. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy at TULSHER15. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.